Hello, my name is Akeem Brown, and this is Akeem's Dream Show. You may be wondering what the hell this podcast is about, I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, all I know is when I got a lot of ideas in my 20s, I wrote them down. And in every episode, I'm going to try to unpack one of these ideas and theories, as well as interview people I find really fascinating. Ideas about the end of sobriety, suborbital travel, NFTs, salt and pepper, and really anything else that I find that tickles my fancy. So strap in for a fun ride, and I hope you learn something new. Let's take it up a notch. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Akeem's Dream Show. And today, we're going to be talking about microdosed, the future of psychedelics. The summer was 2019. There she was, sitting across from the auditorium at a wedding. We made eyes. Next thing you know, I asked for her hand to dance. And it was a summer love. Something about how that relationship kind of kicked off has always dawned on me is very profound, almost like out of a romantic comedy in a movie. And you know how you learn different things from different people and different relationships? Well, this one was no different. But instead of love and happiness and joy, well, actually a little bit of joy, the one thing I took away was the power of psychedelics and the impact psychedelics can have on somebody's life. She was a pretty outgoing girl, pretty experimental. And even though it didn't work out, she planted the seed for me to do my first psychedelic trip later that summer. I did a shit ton of research, learned everything I needed to do. And when I finally went out into the woods in the middle of the Rocky Mountains, lit a fire and decided to do it, I was never the same again. There's a lot of hype around microdosing these days. A lot of tech leaders in Silicon Valley are doing a lot of R&D into the subject and figuring out how can we hack this thing? How can we have a super duper groovy experience in the workplace and get the little dose of creativity without getting super high, Foxy Lady? Well, there's a lot of research going into this because there is some inkling that psychedelics could indeed have some pretty profound effects when it comes to creativity, antidepression, mood, social behavior, sleep. But we have to go all the way back to 1943 when a gentleman named Albert Hoffman, a chemist out of Switzerland, ingested a minute amount, just 250 micrograms of a compound derived from the ergot fungus when he was doing experiments. Little did he know this compound had lyseric acid dilethamide, otherwise known as LSD. And boom, April 19th, 1943 is now forever known as Bicycle Day to epitomize the first trip that that scientist, Albert Hoffman, had while leaving his lab going home. The very first LSD trip. Now, there's lots of ancient kinds of psychedelics like uh, ketamine and peyote, I think, yeah, peyote, which was used by the ancient American Indians and the Native Americans. And there's a lot of other examples around the world, but LSD is probably the strongest version. Didn't take long for the CIA of all groups to get a hold of this magic, magic psychedelic 
and start experimenting. You might have heard of MKUltra. The CIA, through this MKUltra program, wanted to use LSD as a form of mind control because they were trying to get secrets out of KGB spies and other groups during the Cold War. And the uh, MKUltra director, Sidney Gottlieb, is now seen as the man who brought LSD to America. The unwill <laughs> He's the unwitting godfather of the entire LSD counterculture. And he was from the CIA. Imagine that the CIA birthed the hippie movement by way of the psychedelic drugs. In the early 1950s, he arranged for the CIA to pay $240,000 USD to buy the entire world supply of LSD. Now that is the plot of a James Bond movie. <laughs> uh, he would use it. He starts spreading it around to hospitals, clinics, prisons, all these different organizations to see the impacts of LSD and how people might be reacting to it because he thought it could be used for mind control. People who volunteered for it, some people found it very pleasurable. Some other people thought it was kind of crazy. The author of the book, which became the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Ken Kesey, actually got his first LSD experiment done by the MK Ultra program through the CIA. So yeah, they would experiment with LSD. They put LSD in the water supply in some towns. They did some crazy stuff. Ultimately, they found out that you couldn't do mind control. Paradoxically, though, you can get control of your mind uh, by understanding your, you can. there is something outside of your mind. You can get control of your mind by understanding what's outside of your mind by doing an LSD experiment. So you can't do mind control through other people, but you can of yourself with the help of a psychedelic experience. And this wave of counterculture energy took up the uh, establishment and the order and really the the more conservative crowd of the United States. It freaked them the fuck out because like, wait a, wait a second, all these folks are no longer having babies and kids and doing what we asked them to do. They're, they're going to Woodstock and they're getting high and they're listening to Jimi Hendrix and they're doing all right, all right, all right, man. They were also against the war in Vietnam. That was a big driver amongst other things. But yeah, the counterculture saw a lot of LSD use. I remember watching this documentary about Woodstock. They used to have hug tents because the people would take too much LSD and trip out or have a bad trip, man. You're going to have a bad trip, bro. So they'd have a bad trip and then they had these tents set aside because you just go into psychosis or some kind of paranoia and freak the fuck out, right? And that's kind of my gripe with the whole drug culture is it's not intentional. If you're, if you're doing drugs to get high, that's completely different than doing drugs for a purpose. I look at drugs as a supplement to the enlightenment. The pursuit is the enlightenment, right? Seeing more, opening your mind, man. And if done right, I believe specific kinds of drugs can help that process happen a little faster and a little bit more efficiently. When Nixon banned psychedelics and declared the war on drugs back in the early 70s, it really put a hiatus on all the research that was being done into psychedelics as a potential treatment for mental health and conditions such as depression and anxiety. That all went out the window. So it was just labeled immediately bad and the scientists stopped researching it. And for 40 or 50 years, it was known as kind of like a schedule. It still is illegal in the United States. But it was known for 40 or 50 years as just like something on the level of heroin or like a so something so terrible for you. You shouldn't even you shouldn't even 
entertain the idea of it. The reason why acid, LSD, and other kinds of psychedelics are so effective on the brain is because it acts on your serotonin and it really changes your serotonin levels. Serotonin is one of the most powerful neurotransmitters in the brain, of course. Serotonin it impacts your mood, it impacts your social behavior, it impacts sleep, feelings, perception, hunger, sexual function. Now, this can also lead to uh, your ability to perceive, think, and react, right? That's why people who are tripping, they'll have hallucinations, right? They'll have mixed senses, <laughs> uh, right? Man, I was, I was seeing sounds and I was hearing colors, bro. Severe depends on the person too, right? The severe mood shifts, the slowed impaired muscle function, lack of concentration or being able to pay attention, sleeplessness, dizziness, maybe even loss of appetite. Certainly not for me. But I think that all these things, it's kind of like depends. It's like when you get rich, the money is going to make you more of what you already are. So if you do these psychedelic experiences, it's going to really emphasize who you are on the inside. It's going gonna, it's gonna to really uncover or put down the blinds. What I've noticed for me is that it really destroys the ego, psychedelics. But what I was taught was to go into it with an intention, otherwise known as set and setting. What is the environment that I, I'm going to do the psychedelic in? And what is the intention of the experience? It shouldn't be just to get high. I do psychedelics once a year, uh, early in the summer. I go somewhere in the great outdoors with mountains and trees and forests and rivers. I light a fire and I think very, very hard about what I want the, 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 what I want the session to be focused on. It could be gratitude. It could be my goals. It could be remembering someone. It could be thanking somebody. It could be a personal change I want to make. And I focus on that and I meditate. And then I listen to the kind of music that we're listening to right now. And it changes my, it changed my life. So microdosing is akin to having that experience of euphoria and clarity and creativity and a jolt of focus uh, due to the experience of tripping on a psychedelic but let's say instead of 12 hours, it's only 20 minutes. It's it's akin to the burst you get from a coffee drink. It is the antidote to the ever the ever present schedule and deadline of the day and ever never ending to-do list. Now it's hard to know if with these trips are happening and these experiences and these benefits are happening because we expect them to happen, like in the like in the form of a placebo, or if it's because they actually are doing what they, the scientists report them to do. There's no substantial evidence saying that microdosing actually acts as a cognitive enhancer. But a lot of studies are starting to piece together a compelling story about how LSD really does alter the brain's perceptive and cognitive system in a way that really could lead to more creativity and focus. Kind of like that movie uh, Limitless, where he gets smarter. This LSD microdosing pill it could have a very similar effect when it comes to you getting more creative. Imagine if there was a pill. Imagine how, imagine how valuable this would be in the pharmaceutical industry. If there and also to the governments when it comes to when it comes to taxes, because there'd be a lot of money made off this, and the government wants some of that tax money. 
Imagine if there was a pill that you could take that would, in one fell swoop, remove any mental health conditions like depression and anxiety, boost your mood, social behavior, sleep, feelings, remove headaches, existential dread, boost your performance at work in the way of less stress, more creativity, less anxiety. That pill would be like $1,000. <laughs> of course, there's a lot of research going into this now. Here's my prediction. I think by the year 20, it's 2020 now, 2021 now, by the year 2026, in five years, psychedelics, LSD, mushrooms will be legalized in North America. It probably is already legalized in Netherlands, but it will be legalized in North America. I think society will change, especially because we're going so far into technology right now. We're going so hard into the digital world, into the metaverse, the real metaverse is an LSD trip. That's the real metaverse. And by the way, the biggest ailment of the day is indeed mental illness. What if psychedelics could be used to supplement the fight against mental illness? It's been known to fight depression and anxiety already. It could be the cure to mental health done right. But that's why there's so much research and time going into this, because if we do this right, it could be a game changer for the species. There's prominent people working on this. And the most two prominent people I can think of are, uh, are a gentleman named Tim Ferriss, who runs one of the biggest podcasts in the world. And he's doing a lot of research. Um, Joe Rogan's a big proponent of it, although I'm not sure how much research he's doing. Tim Ferriss is actually funding research and investing in startups that are focused around microdosing. And then Tim, Michael Pollan, who is a huge advocate. Um, he's very famous for a lot of his research into different kinds of diets, different kinds of uh, food and how food affects the body. And now he's very focused on uh, psychedelics and they're funding a lot of uh, divisions and universities to double down on this because it could change the day. It could change the tide when it comes to a lot of aspects. And I could speak from firsthand. When I sat in those woods, looked at the fire, it changed the way I saw the world. Now it's not to be abused, but it is to say that if you do it properly and you're coached through it, it can change your life. It has the potential to change your life. If you decide to go down this route, I hope you do it responsibly. Do a lot of research. Maybe don't do it until it's legalized. Right now we can hear Lucy in the sky with diamonds by the Beatles playing. And maybe that's what I saw in her eyes that night at that wedding banquet. It was a signal from the universe to take the dive, go on a trip. Who knows? The universe works in mysterious ways. And I hope you enjoy your trip. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Akeem's Dream Show. And until next time, I'll see you all along the watchtower. Peace.